cocaine and hookers my friend good stuff i know all about <laughs> aka my daily vitamins oh, yeah. vitamin c bro oh, let's, let's <laughs> exactly in, brother yeah i didn't want to try i just wanted to see if you guys are interested in fucking um going to a game but if you're not you know no worries um, you were looking no, for I, the, I, dude, I, you were looking for the gift you couldn't find <laughs> oh yeah yeah fuck me the jonah hill, hill gift yeah fuck me right <laughs> Recently, a person invited me um, to go see some fucking comedian. And so first of all, it was a person that I've fought with a million fucking times. So I don't know if I want to talk to this person anyways. And then it's like, okay, a month from now, do you want to like go on a long fucking car trip? Go, go, go into a stadium to see like the world's fucking biggest comedian. And then like there's, 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 a, there's a million layers of spite underneath it all. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to, like, be able to go to this thing. You know, every day I have the fucking sniffles. I get COVID tested all the fucking time. I work with a whole bunch of fucking coworkers. I don't want to go to a fucking stadium. I don't know if I'm going to be sick that day. I don't fucking know. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, did, I, I, uh, I told her to buy tickets so that way she can fucking deal with it. Uh, so that's kind of like w what I was feeling when you invited me to hockey. It's like, I don't watch hockey. I don't like sports. I don't like fucking stadiums of people. Uh, you're coming to the area and that's cool. We should probably do something. But uh, yeah. I didn't want to say fuck hockey and I didn't want to say fuck you. I didn't know what to say. I would have said both of those things. Fuck <laughs> <and> fuck you, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Fucking dick. <laughs> uh, no, I get it. I get it. It's nothing against you, man. I just, I was just spitballing out there, seeing if you want to do something, because I'm going to be home uh, for about, I think, 10 or 11 days um, in December through January. Damn, nice. Yeah, we'll definitely do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about strangling a hooker, doing some Vicodin, and then, you know, popping pills. And Are you going to your mom's place in Connecticut? No, I actually... I don't get along. I, I like my mom, but there's just too much at some well, What's up here? Uh, I'm going to... Well, my, my wife's family. Oh, they with, are? Oh, okay. Yeah, they, I don't know why I thought they were from a little south. They, they, they let Hispanic people stay there, you know? That's not what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> are they in Connecticut or, or what? Connecticut, yeah. They're in um, near Hartford. Okay. But north of it, on the good side. Nice. So, yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, it's not bad though, man. It's, uh, I just, I'll be home and I'll let you guys know what's up, but, um, uh, you guys ready to get into this? Oh yeah. Sure. Of course. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We're fucking back. How's everybody's week been? Good. All right. Fucking, I want to do my introductions real quick. Of course, when the music stops, he commits crimes. Mr. Rob, motherfucking fortune Rob. How are you? Good. Are okay. you introducing yourself or am I introducing you? I don't, I don't remember. fucking introducing me, baby. I, I got it. Okay. You, don't worry yeah, about you it. Go. You don't worry about it, Big Daddy. And of course, he wants to come on everybody, Mr. Jack Falcon. See, there's no, there's, you, can't, you can't go to the bottle. You can't go back to the glass bottle. It's garbage. It sounds like a queef. It sounds really... <laughs> what the it fuck? It sounds like mummy dust. What, what'd, you, what'd you pop on that? What was that? That's a yingling. Ooh, classy. Good beer. Good choice. Yeah, right? That good. sound was was great. Good choice. All right. 
And it I was to, embarrassing last week, right? It was fucking embarrassing. It yeah, sounded like someone farted on the mic. It, it, sound, it sounded like a hooker was trying to unwrap something, and it was between her yeah. twat. It was not good at all whatsoever. <laughs> it wasn't good. And my real name is Ken Kniff. Nice. I'm Jomo. You are from Connecticut. Yeah, Ken Kniff from Connecticut, you know? I'm going to call this motherfucker... Oh yeah, <laughs> that shit was fucking that. By the way, by the way, that's fucking hilarious. Both the oh wait, wait. There's only two skits. There was a Ken Kniff one and Ken Kniff two, if I remember correctly. Maybe I'm fucked up. Probably, right probably only two. Yeah, yeah. So I got a fuck Mary kill. It has something to do with these women he's mentioned in his songs. Mr. Mm-hmm. Eminem has. So we got Nora Jones, Christina Aguilera, Hillary Clinton. Rob, go. <laughs> I'm killing Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Um, okay, so I'm going to say out of the three of us, I'm probably the most liberal, but I don't like Hillary Clinton. I don't uh, I don't trust her. I don't. Yeah, she's got, she, I, I'm killing her. And then you know, the other two are kind of unknown to me. I know that Christina Aguilera was was huge and I, I can't fucking name any of her songs. I had, a, I had a poster on our wall once because, you know, she's a sex symbol or whatever. For sure. And so I'm going to say I'm going to marry Nora Jones. I don't fucking know her. I think one time I was hanging out with my aunt and we had one of her albums on and it didn't offend anybody and uh, it was fine. So I guess I'm marrying her and I'm going to fuck Christina Aguilera. Okay, good choice. Good choice. Mr. Jack Falcon, what do you got? Yeah, Hillary Clinton's dead, <clears throat> easily. Here's the thing. Christina Aguilera was hot as hell like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, and now she's she's like a little porked up, and she's also on that stupid-ass show, The Fucking Voice, or whatever the show she's on. Okay. Nora Jones is hot. She plays the piano. I think that's who it is, at least. Uh, I'm marrying Nora Jones. I'm fucking Christina Aguilera. Nice. Okay. All right, so I'm going to kill Christina Aguilera just because she needs to die. Her fucking voice is so annoying. Hitting those high notes, um, I think she's just embellishing the music and making it turn to shit. I am hate fucking Hillary Clinton, though, for all the fucked up shit she did in the State Department, fucking over all these people in the Middle East, doing all the shitty things she does politically. She's a terrible person, Not, and I'm not a fucking right-wing supporter either. Uh, she just needs to get hate fuck to remind her that she's still a piece of shit. And who wouldn't marry fucking Nora Jones? She's amazing. Yeah. You know, Here's she- the thing. I, I was banging this girl one time. And after like two or three times, I couldn't get a boner anymore. And it wasn't that she wasn't pretty, but it just I couldn't happen. And I thought I had erectile dysfunction. And this is like 10 years ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I think I would have the same experience with Hillary Clinton. I don't yeah. think I could possibly get it up to hate fuck her. I, you, I don't think it could happen. You do. You gotta. You gotta think beyond. You have to go into. That, <laughs> you have to go into the dick cave and yeah. go deep into the dick cave. And Under just the go, spank bank. You gotta go to the spank bank. You gotta think about that one girl where you like shot a load almost through a goddamn window. Uh, <laughs> you you got to think about one of those, and then that will push you through. You'll persevere. I promise you that. Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right. I still don't know if I'd be able to do it though. I fucking, you better be able to do. You're a fucking man, goddammit. I know, but Hillary Clinton is uh, just <laughs> tough. She's That's tough, a tough call. She's tough. Her daughter's even tougher to look at. They're, they, they're pieces of work right there, man. They're, yeah. they're, well, I mean, Hillary Clinton, I mean, you're comparing someone who's like 40 to someone who's like 70. So, yeah, I've, I mean, Hillary Clinton was probably more attractive when she was younger, but. Yeah, no, not at all. Not, not yeah. at all. No. Not at all. No. 
but we we've all banged a four to appreciate an eight, right? That's true. Yeah, very true. Actually, right. I've only I've only banged a nine to appreciate a ten. Nice, nice, good, good one. You. Good for you. Good for you. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we jumping in. What are we doing? Yeah, please. Go. All right. Uh, the stuff I'm going to read here in the blurbs. Uh, anything that pretty much is not my own opinion is taken from Wikipedia. So uh, I'm not claiming it as my own. And uh, if it's wrong here, it's wrong there. Created okay. some more no. work. Extra ass motherfucker. <laughs> I always forget to say it, even though it's written at the top of my write-up. Every time, it's the very first thing it says Wikipedia, and I always forget to say it. Let me drop this artwork. Uh, the Slim Shady LP is a 20-track record released in 1999, coming in just under 60 minutes long. It's Eminem's second studio album and was recorded at Studio 8 on 8 Mile Road in Ferndale, Michigan. Because the song 97 Bonnie and Clyde focuses on disposing of his girlfriend's corpse, Eminem was not comfortable with explaining that their daughter would be included on the track. Instead, told her that he would be uh, taking Haley to Chuck E. Cheese. However, he really took her to the recording studio. Due to the lyrics on the record, Eminem was sued by multiple people, including his mother and self-admitted former bully D'Angelo Bailey uh, for slander, and Harlene Stein sued for royalties due to use of an unauthorized sample of her late husband's music in Guilty Conscience. The Slim Shady LP won Best Rap Album and My Name Is won Best Rap Solo Performance at 1999's 42nd Annual Grammy Awards. Uh, the Slim Shady LP has been certified five times platinum. So... Um, you know, I know we don't have behind the music anymore and, and I don't think that there was one on Eminem. Um, but did any of you guys wonder how Eminem, um, you know, got in contact with Dr. Dre or did that not occur to anyone? How? I don't care about it. Well, I'm glad that you asked. Uh, after being evicted from his home, Eminem traveled to Los Angeles to participate in the Rap Olympics, where he placed second. Staff at Interscope Records, who attended the Rap Olympics, sent a copy of the Slim Shady EP to the company's CEO, who played the tape uh, for hip-hop producer Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre recalled, in my entire career in the music industry, I have never found anything from a demo tape or CD. Uh, when Jimmy, who is the CEO, played this, I said, find him now. Some people urged Dr. Dre not to take a chance on Eminem because he was white, which Dr. Dre responded, I don't give a fuck if you're purple. If you can kick it, I'm working with you. Eminem and Dr. Dre subsequently began work on Eminem's major label debut. That's awesome. So that is how it happened. That as far awesome. as Wikipedia says. I don't give a fuck if he's purple. Hell yeah. That, but that's a savage That's a businessman. That is yeah, a, a fucking businessman. Business you goddamn right he is. And look at him now. I'm pretty sure Dre is a fucking millionaire, right? Oh, well, bi oh, now, billionaire. I meant to say, I meant to say billionaire. My apologies. I don't know if he said billion, but yeah, he's, he's got a shit ton of money. And, he's, and not only that, he has a great career. Like, just looking at a, a lot of his records of people he's worked with. Yeah, it's... Oh, my God, man. Fucking Eminem. All right. You want to go, Rob? Hang on one second. Singles okay, from this album. Geez. Just don't give a fuck. My name is Role Model and Guilty Conscience. Uh, who would like to go first there? Oh, fuck it. Yeah, I'll go first. Shit. Hey, Dude, my name is fucking some of the funniest shit I've ever heard of in my life. It's a statement. That song is the biggest fuck you. The biggest kiss my ass. Uh, go fuck the institution. Fuck all these people. It, it, there's a lot of angst in his fucking in his shit, right? And you could definitely tell on some the Slim Shady LP, man. But Guilty Conscience, I, I would say, is a uh, well. While, while I was really talking about is my name is. It's such an iconic fucking song, man. It defined his future. He's basically saying, "Hey, here's who I am. 
fuck you. This is who I want to fuck. This is all the drugs I want to do. This is the fuck you. Kiss my ass. I don't give a fuck. It's one of those songs, man. Guilty Conscience is so fucking eye-opening. What, what does it start off with? The fucking, the, the grocery, well, the convenience store robbery. robbery. Then it goes into yeah. the girl, the underage girl who gets fucking, you know, drugged and, you know, fucked. And then the guy who comes home from working hard and he finds this fucking girl fucking some other guy in their bed. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> all shit that fucking happens, all shit that probably happened in or around him or he had some sort of experience with. And it's the fucking truth. This shit happens all the fucking time. People take advantage of people when they're drugged out. People get desperate enough that they need to make some money or they need to pay their bills or survive and they might want to go steal something. Or, you know, people just get fed up with, you know, some toxic ass fucking relationship and they just go, you know what? I'm going to kill fucking everybody and myself. And that fucking shit happens every fucking day. And the fucking, all these people who wanted to ban Eminem, who were like, you know, Hillary Clinton was one of them. All these people, um, who was it? Tipper Gore. No one gives a fuck about Tipper Gore. She'd go fuck herself. Um, how, like, why would you try to censor that? But you let Harvey Weinstein and all these rapists do what they do to, to women and fucking, hey, it's okay because they're my friend. I'm going to let them do this shit. But this guy can't fucking express himself. It's not like he's calling in action and saying, hey, you should rape an underage girl and drug her and all, do all this shit. And hey, maybe you should kill the fucking, the, your spouse and her fucking goddamn uh, friend who's fucking her. You know what I'm saying? You should never, he's not calling to action. He's just bringing up the fucking truth. Um, I love brain damage. I love how it fucking started off, how he's talking about the fucking bully uh, he the bully beat the shit out of him. And if you saw um, a few of the documentaries about this guy, man, he talks about how like you know it even included his mom. Like, hey, he was he was in school. He almost got beat to death. He was in the fucking hospital because people would fucking just treat him like shit, man. And think about all that shit getting knocked around, getting beat. His brain is his like brain isn't fucking developed at all whatsoever. So of course that's gonna affect who the fuck he is. Not only mentally with the decisions he makes, but subconsciously he's going to make you know riskier decisions he's going to do something crazy and he 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 didn't take revenge out the same way that he described in brain damage i think a lot of it was like this is what he wanted to do he wanted to fucking you know beat the shit out of the bully kill him and do all that shit um i love the skit song fucking um bitch <laughs> and it has the do you know who the girl is on the voicemail the girl zoe no. I don't know who it is. No, dude, that's Henry Winkler's daughter, the Fonzie's daughter. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So she's like, "Oh my god, he's so fucking uh, disgusting." I just oh, want to cause yeah, fucking agent and yeah. bye, 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 bye. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Shut <laughs> up. No one fucking asked you a goddamn thing. Because guess what? She's not fucking relevant either. You know who's still relevant? Who's been rapping since the mid '90s? Oh, fucking Eminem mm. today. He's still fucking relevant. When's the last time you heard? Oh my god, I got a fucking rage over Zoe Winkler. Fucking never. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that name. Yeah, Zoe Winkler, you know? Sounds like, it sounds like what, like, you ever did a butt queef or like a, a, a butt felch? That's where her, her last name sounds like. But anyway, uh, Ken Kniff, he, here's what's a fucking funny thing. And here's how I got into fucking Eminem was from the Ken Kniff skit, right? This is, this, this is gonna, this is gonna show you how old I am. I remember when I got this fucking album, right? It wasn't even on CD, my guys. It was on a fucking cassette tape. Nice. On fucking cassette, right? And it had the times, so you could fucking forward in on the times to the next song and do all that shit. 
or they would have that seek thing that you would do on there. It was fucking. Yeah. I'm gonna call this motherfucker. Mel in your mouth, not in my ass, little cock boy. You know, that come on. How's that not fucking funny? And I think he did um, that skit with a buddy of him, some guy named Bass or something like that. But it was fucking hilarious. Every fucking track was hot fire. Um, one of the things I'm going to bring up is my favorite track, the verse from uh, Rock Bottom. That is honestly my favorite fucking song, man. I, I love the instrumentals. I love the, the, the orchestrated singing in the back. I love everything about it. The, the, the bass beat, the drum beat, everything is fucking solid. And it just it meshes well. It sounds sad. It sounds very somber and depressing. It has a fucking dark-ass message about, you know, trying to survive, working for a dead-end job. with a, You're going nowhere. You're, your family's struggling. It makes you want to fucking... What is it in the fucking in, in the course? It's like that's rock bottom when life makes you mad enough to kill. Rock bottom when you want something bad enough to steal. When you've had enough to hear because you're mad enough to scream, but you're sad enough to tear. That's like it's it's just so fucking true, man. Because I've been in like I was like, man, I'm struggling to fucking do this shit. I don't want to do anything. I'm fucking tired of this shit. I'm tired of fucking working. I don't want to keep going. I fucking I, I I'm having an existential crisis, man. There's nothing but fucking truth in this album, man. And it painted a very, very fucking dark picture of where everyone in America is at, man. We've all been at a point. And that's all the fuck I have to say. Rock Bottom was probably the best song with the best lyrics. And it was very eye-opening for me. Yeah, Rock Bottom is definitely one of my favorites. I think my favorite song in this album is Still Don't Give a Fuck. Um, so I talked about uh, when we talked about Jane's addiction. I have a cousin who's like ten years older than me. I used to like rifle through all of his shit, and I found the CD of Nothing Shocking. I have another cousin who's like five years older than me, and she had this. And I remember I was like eighth grade or something, uh, waiting for the bus, and uh, I don't know how I must have called her the day before or something. Uh, and she drove by and like brought me this CD, and I listened to it all the time. I thought it was fucking great. Um, I hate editing in albums, right? But this album doesn't do editing like they're just beeping it out. This album like tries to put words in place of the words that they want to remove, which is the old thing that they used to do on like television. And I, so instead of doing, so when you think about South Park, right, I preferred that they just beep it out because there are uncensored versions everywhere, right? But when it comes and when it comes to music, I mean, when it comes to anything, I hate censoring in general. But some of these censors on this are fucking ridiculous. So one of these I meant to bring up when we talked about Primus, because the very beginning of my name is he says, hey, ki hi, kids, do you like violence? And the, the edited version is, hi, kids, do you like Primus? Nice. And it's, it's surprising to me that they picked Primus. Uh, like, I get that yeah. it rhymes, but I, sure. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that uh, Eminem even knows who the fuck Primus is. I meant to bring up that a while back because I've always that that is one of those lines that stuck with me. But this one is even more ridiculous. Uh, this is later on in the song. Well, since this is the original lyric, well, since age 12, I felt like I'm someone else because I hung my original self from the top bunk with a belt. And this is what it was edited. <laughs> to. Well, since age 12, I felt like a caged elf who stayed to himself in one space chasing his tail. That's actually that's 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 hot fire. That's what hot fire. is that? That's hot fire. <laughs> Someone had to sit down and write that. Oh, but I don't, there's a, there are, if you watch the music video, there's a bunch of, they don't like beep it out, but they kind of fade the words out and like make the music a little louder. So it covers it up. Um, but stuff like that, I've always thought is funny. There's video, there's tons of videos on YouTube about um, like television shows or movies getting played on TV that have like the most ridiculous 
just to edit them out. And these are pretty crazy. Um, yeah, 97, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, I love. It's it's so fucking twisted. And I can't help but laugh when I listen to it. It's like he's like the the his wife or his baby's mama is dead in the trunk of the car. They're bringing he's bringing the the child with him when he's going to dispose of the body. And like there's different things that happen. So the, the car stinks because the mom's body is decomposing in the trunk. And Eminem tells his daughter, yeah, that's just the skunk I ran over. So I don't know. It's great. It's like this dark humor. Like if you ever watch the movie, uh, with Robin Williams, um, Death to Smoochie, it's like fucked up dark humor like that. No, never uh, amazing movie. Uh, watch it. Uh, Brain Damage, uh, it's one of my favorite Eminem songs. Great. I love the story he tells. It's actually like really clear and very easy to follow. It's also funny. Uh, teacher, you know, someone wants to beat his ass, so he's like faking an industry, uh, an industry, faking an injury, and then uh, he's tell he's making up these things to tell the teacher so that she, you know, gives him detention so the kid he's not outside with the other kids and doesn't get his ass beat. <clears throat> And the teacher knows what's up. And she's like, no, 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 I know he wants to beat your ass. And I'm going to, I'm going to let him do it. Um, uh, music and role models fucking great. Yeah. Rock bottom is, is really awesome. Uh, Paul's tracks are some of my favorite. I believe that's his lawyer. Um, there's also one on the next album. Uh, I also think that, uh, the public service announcement, great way to start this album. Great way to start the next one. Uh, funny gets, it sets the mood, how it's ridiculous. You can, so the guy's giving the public service announcement and you can hear Eminem kind of like whispering into his ear, like telling him different stuff to say, like suck my dick or yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so guilty conscience is so twisted, so fucked up. He talks about it in the later album. Um, and it's so twisted, but whenever I'm listening to it, it's so well done where you have this good side and this bad side played by Eminem and Dr. Dre. Uh, and it's done incredibly well. Again, it tells like this very clear story. Uh, there's a great line at the end when he catches his wife getting banged by some dude. He says, fuck slitting her throat, cut this bitch's head off. I've always liked that line. And um, yeah, it's it's the, the second verse of that song is weird to listen to around other people. It's so fucked up and twisted. Uh, but anyway, this, this album's awesome. I've always liked it it's it's very unique um and yeah it, it's great uh rob what do you think of this record uh I, I i like um i like how the uh what what's it called when you have a joke that repeats throughout time repeating motif or whatever whatever yeah you, you already said how yeah, like yeah. uh this this album starts with a joke that you running gag the running mm -hmm. like there's running yeah, gags yeah. throughout his career one of them is like uh just kidding blank uh you know that i love you three of these albums have that running gag uh this one to the next one has the public service service announcement gag i like how he does that i like there's a continuity to his career and his story that i like there um yeah guilty conscience what do i want to say about that, that you guys haven't said already okay so uh this is a, a thing that i think about all the time is you know, like I'm, I'm a sensitive guy. I my conscience is hyperactive compared to the average person. I think so. Does do people? Um, you know, some people are born without a conscience. That's a psychopath. It's like a one percent percent of the population or some shit. And then there's a sociopath who learns to have no conscience. Uh, a lot of them are. It, it's it's like if you're born in a certain economic situation, you see, like, so you're in poverty. You see rich people around you, and the only way to become rich yourself is to murder, steal, you know, take advantage of other people. Uh, you might, or, or let's say you're fucking kidnapped by a drug cartel when you're six or something, and then you're you're um, you, you're you're taught to kill when at, at the age of six. 
your your conscience isn't going to be the same as mine would be. So it's like you, you, that's how a sociopath is made, where they no longer have a conscience. So this song, Guilty Conscience, interests me because it's like this person hasn't become a full um, sociopath yet, but he's he's kind of thinking about, OK, so the first one is you think about the story of Robin Hood stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. It's kind of like since the age of six, I was always kind of told, you know, stealing is bad. But if you're stealing bread to survive, is it really that bad? And so, you know, this this thing of robbing the liquor store, it's like uh, you might hurt this person. Well, do you, are you that person? Are you, you know, it, this this is where this person's fucking soul might be lost or whatever you want to say. The second the second example, I don't think ages as well. I think now with Me Too and stuff is more of consciousness about this sort of thing. But I think at the time I knew that. When I was when I was 16, I heard rumors of this person date raped this person, this person date raped this person, and other people would be like, "Oh well, it was her fault." It was so. I I think uh, that's that song. Uh, you know, verse two is 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 rough. I don't know that it. Uh, and then uh, verse three about walking in on the wife. I think yeah yeah like we've said already people do murder their spouse over this exact situation before. So it's like, okay, in this song, Eminem uh, kills, a, a, you know, or, you know, he describes the murder of a woman and uh, kind of gleefully, but, you know, he's, he's describing something that people actually do. People have killed their wife or husband over this uh, exact situation. So they're, you know, when they say that uh, Eminem is an angry dude, uh, but he's also successful because he is talking about stuff that people have felt. Even if it's extreme, people are capable of extreme emotions. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, th this is a, that's, that was a song that leapt out at me. And so when he mentions it in the next album, it's like, yeah, no fucking shit. People responded to that song. It's a fucking powerful song. Um, yeah, this album has a certain like sense of humor to it. It's as if. It's as if he's so angry that he's he's hiding some of what he wants to say uh, under humor because, you know, if you're in a certain environment, you can't truly talk about your feelings because you're just going to get called a pussy. So it's like, uh, uh, you know, brain damage when he talks about uh, when he's when he says the nurse like told like I'm going to I'm going to let him beat it, beat your ass. The, the nurse didn't literally say that. Right. The the, she says it the, to happen. the bully wants to beat your ass and I'm going to let him. Yeah, so th that's an example of how um, you know he's 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 embellishing it a, a, a bit. I'm I'm sure that that uh, he was treated with a lack lack of empathy, but I don't. I oh the, sorry, the, you mean the, like in real life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the nurse was not a, uh, a a a mastermind in Eminem getting beat up. I don't know, you know. But yeah, what, what I wanted to say here is uh, I I like this album, but I like the next couple albums even more because he's not hiding what he wants to say under humor, and that means I'm connecting to him more. This one's a, this one's a better the best comedy album of of the four, I think. But uh, I I think I like the 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 next couple where he's more honest, and that's what I want to say about this album. Okay, yeah, let's read some YouTube comments. I like this first one. I was seven years old when I found this cassette in one of my friends in one of my school friends' houses. Thank God we live in Argentina and our parents don't understand English, lol. Next person, this album is timeless. Next person, start of a legendary career. Next person, after 23 years, I think I can safely say this is my favorite album of all time. And lastly, ah, the sweet sounds from my fucked up childhood. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a different time back then. Um, 
Yeah, no wokeness. There's no wokeness. Yeah, 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 definitely. I don't know. It's, we, you guys were talking about about kind of cancel culture and stuff before and how it just doesn't work for some people. Um, and Eminem is one of them. There's, I mean, there's nothing you can really do to get rid of him. He's there and he's not going to he's not going to go away. Yeah, he, he got a lot of shit in his time. He was, But he also uh, got a lot of respect because, you know, he is connecting with people on their you know, it might be their dark side that he's connecting on, but you know, uh, you know, he talks about extreme emotions, and people have extreme emotions, so he's connecting. And so, how do you cancel something if you if you if he's making connections? I don't know. I believe he's won fifteen uh, Grammy awards. Jesus. So that's a yeah. lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and all of, almost all of his CDs. Well, at least the ones we're looking at here. These all were well received. There's a couple that I want to revisit Eminem in the future because I want to revisit the stuff past Marshall Mathers two and the stuff in between Eminem show and Mar Marshall Mathers two. Uh, he's got he's a very interesting guy. Uh, he was in the movie Eight Mile, which I believe he did simultaneously with making the Eminem show. Um, I watched Eight Mile the other day. Rob also watched it. Yes. Um, and uh, he says, he, I, I don't know if he won an Oscar for um, a song from that movie or what he won it for, but he does say, a, at least in Marshall Mathers LP2, that I got an Oscar under my belt. I think it was in that one. Yeah, it is. Um, it, was a, it was for the song. For the song, yeah. Okay, for uh, Lose Yourself, yeah, which is a fucking great song. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Eminem, he, he, it's like when you, when you look at different points in, in time, right? Eminem is like what people needed in 1999. It needed something to be ridiculous. It needed to be something crazy, but something that was good at the same time. I'm pretty sure when this album came out, most people were like, oh, this guy's garbage and like he'll be gone in like a year. And 20 years later, he's still here. And uh, he, you know, he, he went down for a while being you know it had to do with drug use and kind of losing his way or whatever uh, and then he came back big and it's good for him i'm happy that he's back uh, people lose their way and everything and it's nice that uh, he wasn't gone for good sometimes when you go away for a while it's it's hard to to uh, find your way back i forgot to say um i have genital warts and it burns when i pee don't you want to grow up to be just like me i had friends who used to say that and I, like that's burned in my memory like i've thought about that line every year since i first heard it in 99 so yeah, he has some genius fucking comedy lines in this, and yeah. you know, extreme. He talks about sexual stuff and getting STDs on like pretty much every album. But that that line is particularly what like yeah. Okay, that's all I want to say. There's another part of that chorus where he says something like he tied his penis to a tree and jumped off. Nice. He also says I've like banged 10 women who have HIV. Oh, another thing about the whole guilty conscience thing. I don't want to fucking talk about the second chorus because the second verse because it weirds me out. But he says, hit that shit raw dog and bail. And that makes no fucking sense. Like leaving any DNA behind is fucking stupid. Anyway, that's all. Uh, let's Jesus. move on to Marshall Mathers LP. <laughs> because it's bad advice. Uh, like it's legitimately uh, fucking terrible advice. Well, she's got to live to approve, but whatever. Okay. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's. Move. Does anyone want to say anything else about this record, Jomo? Solid, solid album. It's solid. It's great, and yeah, it's really funny. All right, let's move on. I don't know how this shit pastes into fucking. Can you guys see that shit in Discord? I don't know. Uh, Marshall Mathers LP is an 18-track record released in 2000, coming in just over 72 minutes long. It's Eminem's third studio album. Uh, criticism centered on lyrics that were considered violent, homophobic, and misogynistic, with the Canadian government considering refusing Eminem's entry into the country. 
The free use of drugs Eminem observed during his time in Amsterdam, which he also once considered naming this album after, greatly influenced his desire to openly discuss drug use in his music. Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP sold 1.8 million copies in its first week, twice as much as the previous hip-hop record holder for the first week sales in the United States, which, which was what? Do you know, Jomo? No, I do not. Snoop Dogg's 1993 album, Doggy Style. Marshall Mathers LP won Best Rap Album, The Real Slim Shady won Best Rap Solo Performance, and Forgot About Dre won Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group at 2000's uh, 43rd Annual Grammy Awards. The Marshall Mathers LP has been certified diamond. I believe it sold like 25 million copies worldwide and 11 million copies in the United States. Uh, singles from this album The Real Slim Shady, The Way I Am, Stan, I'm Back, and Bitch Please 2. Jomo, what do you think of this record? Oh, what are you talking about? This is the my favorite album. This is the best album. There was so much fucking shit talking on this goddamn album. I was like, yes, thank you. Uh, fucking The Opener Kill You? How is that not fucking savage at all? He's, he's basically saying, you know, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to do that and fucking make sure that you fucking die if you even think about fucking with me. What is it? Stan? Who doesn't remember Stan? The video, the singing, even the live performance where fucking Eminem did it with, uh, what you call that? What's his guy? Elton John. Elton, Elton John. John. Yeah, he did it with Elton John. And and that was the biggest fuck you to the uh, to those woke motherfuckers who live in suburbia yeah, who are protected and oh this is offensive your kid's gonna fucking listen to it anyway he's gonna fucking listen to it anyway he's not gonna give a fuck your daughter's not gonna give a fuck the the skits Paul like the fuck his poor fucking lawyer if that shit is real and it's not staged I feel bad for his lawyer because his lawyer's getting shat on by the higher up executives <laughs> like yo you need to tell your boy to calm the fuck down. Why tell him to fucking... I wouldn't even, as his lawyer, I wouldn't even fucking call him. I'd just be like, listen, you either like him or you don't like him. Go fuck yourself if you don't. Who knew? That is antagonizing, and I love it, to the whole fucking middle class saying, you know what? Who would have thought that, you know, even, you know, the, the lower class of uh, economic society, who would have thought, like, this guy would be so fucking big? Who would have knew that this guy would have fucking talked the amount of shit he did? Talk about drugs raping, murder, domestic violence, you, you you name it. Everything that we would consider a taboo in society, this dude is saying, fuck you, I'm going to say it. And guess what? I'm going to make millions of dollars and tell you, fuck you, and suck my dick, kiss my ass, all the shit to your face. The Steve Bourbon skit, I didn't like it because I don't, I don't think Eminem would take shit like that in real life. I think he would basically tell the fucking dude to suck his, kiss his ass. If you don't remember the video, The Way I Am, it, it just it, it brought out some 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 heavy shit and the real some shady, who who doesn't remember that shit? It's, it's fucking hilarious. But two things that I did like about this album, Marshall the Marshall Mathers song, he is literally shitting on Britney, New Kids, Christina Aguilera, fucking Insync, Vanilla Ice, uh, his mom, Puff Daddy, Backstreet Boys, Ricky Martin. You you fucking name it. He's shitting on all these pop cultures. Even though he is, like, I would say probably one of the most popular rappers in the past three decades, this dude is fucking savage by saying fuck you. Well, I'll say two decades, 20 years. Here's what I liked. He shat on fucking the group I hate the most, which is fucking ICP. 
I yeah, fucking, he does a couple times. Yeah. I fucking hate ICP. If you listen to ICP, one, you probably have no talent. You probably like shit music. Um, you're fucking weird. Um, I'm glad the FBI labeled you a fucking terrorist organization because you guys are fucking weird. <laughs> you guys have no backbone at all whatsoever. You guys are a bunch of fucking pussies wearing goddamn makeup thinking that you're fucking uh, killer clowns. Bro, the juggalos. You're you're fucking nothing. You guys are weird. I wish the worst for you. Go get cancer today, bro. They're fucking trash. Absolutely trash. If you listen to fuck, I love the line where he says, "Plus, I was <laughs> I was put here to put fear in faggots who spray fago root beer and call themselves clown because they look queer." Faggot, you to dope and silent gay claim Detroit when y'all live twenty miles away. And I don't yeah. wrestle. I'll knock you fucking faggots the fuck out. Ask them about the club they was at when they snuck out and they ducked out the back when they saw us and bugged out. Ducked down and got paintball shot out their truck. Blow. It's it, there's more to it. Like you see, he he um he shits on them for you know dissing him about that Slim Ana song. The story behind it was Eminem was trying to release his shit right and was gonna have a party where you know rappers and all these people were gonna be in the area and he said ICP. And then in parentheses, it said, maybe, right? And he was like, hey, you guys want to come? And they're like, why you put our name on there without even asking us first? And he was like, whoa, it's a maybe. You may be there. You may not be there. Then they, out of spite, they're just like, no, fuck this, dude. We're not going to go there. Well, the joke's on you. Your music is still shit. You still aren't shit. Your fucking, your followers are a bunch of fucking losers with herpes. Like, no one gives a fuck <laughs> about you. Eminem is still fucking followed to this day. I, I'm a huge metal fan. I still love Eminem. I like a lot of rappers, but Eminem is like he he was he changed the culture of rap music. Unfortunately, it bred people like uh, let's say uh, what's that stupid fucking clown looking dude, the Snitch. Um, oh yeah, Takeshi Six Nine. That dude yeah. is a fucking loser, man. But anyway, favorite song definitely on this album, Marshall Mathers for sure. Jumbo, can I tell you something? <clears throat> say it. Yo, Slash played on an ICP album. Nice. Well, I knew I didn't like fucking Slash, so there we go. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm pretty sure ICP is still pretty fucking popular. Yeah, like, they're should, popular like, for the wrong reasons. reasons. Okay, what is that supposed to Who gives a shit? You could be like, oh, this person's a millionaire for the wrong reason. Like, it fucking matters. Like, they're not fucking lighting fucking their cigars with $100 bills and doing cocaine. Who gives a shit? I fucking hate ICP. I hate him so fucking Yeah, his, his, one of his points there about how they live far away is they act like they're from Detroit or whatever, and they're actually, they don't even live anywhere near there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to read that line, but I didn't want to take up too much time. <laughs> at, what is it, at the drive-thru? <laughs> no, no, no. He says, no, look, you at, look really at your running your mouth again when you see your motherfucking mile road again. Well, mile, fucking mile road. South of 10, and I don't need help from D12 to beat up two females in makeup when they try to scratch me with Lee nails. Slim anus, you damn right slim anus. I don't get fucked in mine like you two little flaming faggots. That's hilarious. And he then, he then segues into the Ken Kenef skit part two where uh, the, the shaggy dude and fucking Violent J are sucking on Ken Kenef's dick. That's hilarious. This album has a lot of my, some of my favorite um, lines by Eminem. There's, there's like, okay, so he's progressively kind of getting more angry, but he's also in this album. I can't, I'm getting confused on which albums he says what to what people. Um, but there's, there's points, I believe it's on this record. It might also be in the Eminem show where the people are blaming him for shit and he's like starting to blame them back or he's getting angrier or, or uh, people are 
fans are like not assaulting him, but like won't leave him the fuck alone when he's out there. You know, when he talks about when he's eating or like when uh, he's feeding his daughter or when he's trying to take a shit or whatever. And there's just always people trying to talk to him, even though he's like, you know, busy, which I, I understand. I mean, when you're famous, that's that's what people fucking do. They want to get a picture with you. You know, they want to, especially in this day and age. I mean, this was 20 years ago, but um, in this day and age, if you're famous, everyone at any point is trying to get a picture with you. If someone can get a picture with Eminem while he's taking a shit, like when he's not looking, jumping over the fucking stall doors or whatever, they're going to do that. And they're going to try at least to get it, you know, posted on uh, wherever the fuck they're posting their stuff. There's a line, there's a couple lines in this album that I've always thought of. One of them, he's talking about um, Tom Green, where Tom Green is acting like an idiot on MTV. Who I love Tom Green. I think he's great. Um, but he's saying, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I probably got a couple screws up in my head loose, but no worse than what's going on in your parents' bedroom. And that's that's a line that's important, I think, because, you know, everyone points at uh, Eminem, I think, because what, one thing Jomo was saying is getting more and more popular now. And the people he's like talking shit about, he's like pretty much on that level of popularity. Um, and then he has one of my favorite lines ever. Sometimes I want to get on TV and let loose, but can't, but it's cool for Tom Green to hump a dead moose. My bum is on your lips. My bum is on your lips. And if I'm lucky, you might just give it a little kiss. And that's the message that we deliver to little kids and expect them not to know what a woman's clitoris is. Like that is a fucking great line. Uh, how can you dump all the shit into someone's face? And, and, and then when they, when they know something or say something that you deem to be inappropriate, you, you, you're like, that's like the, the breaking the straw that breaks the camel's back or whatever. Um, there's a part in here i cannot remember uh, if this was from uh, this album of the eminem show but he talks about how um you know i said the line hey kids do you like violence and i got all this backlash from people i'm at a movie and there's these little girls in the front row and it's like a it's like an arnold schwarzenegger movie that's like violent and they're all cheering the screen with their family so um i i you know like you're pointing fingers at me when you're encouraging this shit yourself um yeah there's a ton of great songs on here i'm back is great there's a there's a bunch of edited lines in that song uh, when he talks about weapons he brings it up in um the marshall mathers lp2 because he he when he says it in this i mean it's not edited on the album but like anywhere it's ever played it's edited but he says it in full on the marshall mathers lp2 and it's not edited and he's like he's saying i wasn't as popular as i was back then that's why i can say it now uh, Real Slim Shady is great. Bitch Please 2, I think, is my favorite song in this album. It has uh, Snoop Dogg in it, Exhibit, and it has Nate Dogg. Exhibit is also in the 8 Mile movie for like two minutes. Uh, Kill You is great. Stan is classic. Um, uh, the Way I Am is great. Uh, Real Slim Shady, just fucking really good. I love the callbacks as well. We get callbacks throughout all of his, well, at least the records we listen to. Uh, what do I, what do I want to say? Oh yeah. So in the, <clears throat> and I think it's the real some shady he says, uh, and Dr. Dre said, and then what he said that in my name is where then Dr. Dre says something. And then in this, he says nothing, you idiots. He's Dr. Dre's dead. He's locked in my basement. And that's a great line. Callbacks fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a really good record. Oh, another one of my favorite lines. Will Smith doesn't got a cuss in his rap in his raps to sell records. Well, I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. Uh, you think you, uh, and then yeah, he just goes out after everyone. Uh, you think I give a damn about a Grammy? Half you critics can't even stomach me, let it alone stand me. And then he goes into this thing, but slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why? So you guys can just lie to get me here. So you can sit me here next to Britney Spears. Yo, uh, shit. Christina Aguilera better switch me chairs so I can sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst and hear him argue over who she gave head to first. 
And that dude just calls out fucking everybody. Uh, and it's great. Like, yeah, I don't know. He, he can do whatever he wants at this point. Uh, in the song Stan, he said, uh, when Stan is writing his letter, he says, I'm in, I'm in the car right now. I'm doing 90 on the freeway. Hey, Slim, I drank a fifth of vodka. Dare me to drive, which is a callback to, I think, still my name is. Uh, which he even does it again later on. He calls back to it in another album. Um, but yeah, this is really good. This album is much, much angrier than the previous one. There's some really dark shit on this record. And it's good. I, I, I like it. I don't know. I don't think this is my favorite album by him. But yeah, it gets pretty dark, but it is good. It's well done. And this record came out like a year after the last one. So uh, we talked about like Black Sabbath and Queen, how they were putting out albums like every year and they were consistently good for the most part. Like to put these back to back 20 song albums. Uh, I know, you know, they're not all songs, 20 track albums or whatever. And the next one came out two two years later. It, it also while touring, I know he toured on the warp tour, I believe, uh, just, you know, I, I think just trying to find any spot that he could take to, you know, start, uh, getting people to, to know him and everything like that. Uh, it's great. Public service announcements. 2000 is fucking awesome. Paul here is great. Awesome album. Rob, what do you think of this record? So if, if the last, so one year passed between these two albums and I think, uh, some of his cultural reference, like, so th there's, there's like no hiding, like, like this album is very immediate. So like in the last album, he referenced Criss Cross. Criss Cross was popular for 10 seconds back in 92, right? So, I mean, yeah. I think that that was a little... But yeah, this album is all fucking people who are on TRL right fucking now. So it yeah. was... it was, uh, And I like that. And like, yeah, you, you talked about the lyrics to The Way I Am, where it's like, if, if I'm feeding my daughter, don't fucking come up to me. It's And if, if I'm... I can't take a shit without somebody fucking coming up to the stall and fucking... Yeah, so there's 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 no uh, there's no metaphor in that song. It's all like don't fucking bother me. And like I love I love that song for that. Like there's it's it, it doesn't hide anything. This is exactly how I feel. And fucking yeah, I I love that song. Yeah, real slim shady was was uh um I I fuck well back back in two thousand when I watched TRL and I was thinking about maybe becoming a musician. The real slim shady fucking came on TRL. I fucking loved that song. This this is either my fa favorite Eminem album or it's my second favorite. The Eminem show is is uh. Yeah, I'm gonna say something about the homophobic slurs. I don't I don't know if it's on this album or the Eminem show, but um, there's two parts at least at least two parts where a father figure is described as a homophobic slur and so that's i th i think sometimes the homophobia just comes from like a lack of vocabulary like i think in a certain culture you're angry you don't know how to say something exactly you don't have a time to like write a fucking dissertation you just need to get out that you don't like this fucking person and uh you're angry because the world is fuck so you just say whatever angry word that comes to your mind it was uh anger at uh absent fathers so like uh you know, there's there's the, these things of you know if you have a, if you have an unconscious woman, is it okay to uh, shoot your semen into them? And then also later on, it's did my dad kiss me goodbye? No, that I I fucking hope that guy dies. You know, whatever the fuck he says. Uh, yeah, and another thing I wanted to say. Uh, okay, okay, I wanted to say this about the last album uh, because uh, Bonnie and Clyde '97 or whatever, uh, where he he has a dead woman in the trunk. This is not the first time in which Eminem describes dead and or murdering uh, spouses, uh, murdering women in probably every album. In the first album, it's like, you know, he's saying um, baby talk uh, to his daughter and there's like a certain like comedy there. 
And then Kim, I think I had to turn off Kim as I was listening to it. It was too fucking dark for me. Fuck, what did I want to say about him killing women? Oh, because the, the, the question of whether Eminem is misogynistic or whatever, because he loves his daughter. And in and, 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 um, 8 Mile, you see it too. The Eminem's character loves uh, the daughter character, uh, sticks up for his mom character. But um, yeah, so how does Eminem feel about women? Well, uh, uh, he doesn't like to be betrayed, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. And uh, fuck, it's universal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, so some of what, uh, Eminem's anger that he describes, you know, is he misogynistic? Is, is he homophobic? Well, he definitely has a lot of anger out there and he's def, he's definitely not, uh, holding it inside. He's, he's, uh, he's shooting it out there. So another thing I wanted to say before I forget, um, Mm -hmm. on the first, on the first album and the second album, it's like killing women, killing women. On the third album, he's matured a bit. He where he's like, um, I'm not going to go to jail for for this person. So I'll, I'll I'll talk about that again later. But um, I think the progression so far is first album he's masking his anger with comedy. The second album he's not masking it. The third album I think he becomes a little bit more mature. So that's what I want to say for now. Okay, uh, so the album artwork on this is actually him sitting in front of like the house he grew up in, just in case anyone was wondering, uh, which we will see a picture of again later. Uh, one of the more ridiculous lines in here that I want to remember that I almost forgot to say is from the song I'm Back. He says, if I ever stuck it to any singer in showbiz, it'd be Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Lopez and Puffy, you know this. I'm sorry, Puff, but I don't give a fuck. If this chick was my own mother, I'd I'd still fuck her with no rubber and come inside her and have a son and a new brother at the same time and just say that it ain't mine. Um, so yeah, this, this album goes off the fucking rails. It really does. There's a lot of anger here. There's a lot of dark, crazy shit that goes on. Yeah, it's this is a legitimately like angry record. Uh, but it, it's really good. I, I really, I, I did appreciate it. I think again, my my favorite song here is "Bitch Please" too. Um, but yeah, "Kill You" is great. I mean, there's so many good songs on here. There's also a lot of good like background music that he's rapping over, um, and then. Uh, Stan has that Dido uh, chorus or whatever, or pre-chorus or whatever it is that is, I mean, like, there's there's few songs that you can kind of, sep- there, there's a bunch of songs you could separate and they could be their own. I At this point, I don't think Stan could be ever separated from that piece. Like, if you were to say, because I, I don't know, I've no clue how royalties and shit work for that song, but if you were to take the, the, the verse that she had or whatever the pre-chorus and pull it out of that song, I think that song would lose a lot of power. Uh, very good song, um, and uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really good record. The fact that he put this out a fucking year later is crazy. Let's read some YouTube comments. Uh, first person, possibly the greatest album ever made, but we know that's false. That's fucking appetite. I remembered when this was so controversial. Yeah. Uh, next person, all hail the rap god. Next person, the technical rap skill in this ma- this man possesses is purely undeniable. Um, and then last person says, my dad would always listen to this in his car. And almost every time he would tell me, don't tell mom you were listening to this. Uh, yeah. Great album. Great album. Uh, Joma, you want to say anything else before we move on? No, I'm good. Let's move on. Uh, let's see. The Eminem show is a 20 track record released in 2002, coming in just over 77 minutes long. It's Eminem's fourth studio album, uh, due to its less satirical and shock factor lyric 
lyrical approach, the Eminem show is regarded as Eminem's most personal album at the time and a step back from the Slim Shady alter ego. Eminem cited that the inspiration for the album was taken from the 1998 film The Truman Show, saying that my love, my excuse me, saying that my life felt like it was becoming a circus around that time, uh, and I felt that I was always being watched. The Eminem show won Best Rap Album, and without me, won Best short form music video at 2002's 45th annual Grammy Awards, the Eminem show has also been certified diamond. Singles, Without Me, Cleaning Out My Closet, Superman, Sing for the Moment, and Business. Uh, Rob? This one might be my favorite, or or it's my second favorite. I don't fucking know. I uh, love this album. Yeah, Without Me is is uh, probably my favorite song by Eminem, period. Almost a billion plays on Spotify. Eminem is a successful fucking guy. Um, I love the, um, yeah, White America has that uh, running gag. Uh, just, uh, just kidding, America, you know I love you. <laughs> um, nice, yeah, yeah. Cl- Cleaning Out My Closet has a lot of uh, um, emotional content there. That's that's a song that, you know, doesn't fucking hide anything. Yeah, when you said that how personal this album is for him, yeah, yeah, he's he's not hiding anything. Um, Drips is a funny ass song. Uh, him and uh, his friend Obi get get uh, uh, STDs from the same woman. Uh, <laughs> Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. That's in one of the songs. I don't remember which one it was. Real name, no gimmicks. The uh, Steve Berman comes back. Uh, so uh, so here's how running gags. You know, we're talking about would Eminem take bullshit from some fucking executive type. Well, uh, he gets his fucking revenge on, on, on in the next album. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. Classy, uh, I don't have a ton to say. I, ju- I, I do love Eminem. And uh, uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. So I do miss the public service announcement, but I think this opens up well as well. He walks up. He's pretty much walking up to a stage and at the very end of the track and the beginning curtains up, you hear him like getting up to the mic and then white America starts, which I think is a great intro to the album. Clean out my closet is a very, it's a very um, serious song. It's about him talking about his mother. Um, but the very beginning of it, when he's, it reminds me of Dave Chappelle. I don't know which came out first. If it was the fisticuffs sketch from Dave Chappelle, where he has a song called uh, turn my headphones up and it's just him in a recording studio. And he's like, he's like, turn my headphones up. No, turn these shits up. I can't hear. And then at the end of the sketch, of course, he's like writing lyrics and he's actually writing this out as if it's 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 not like he couldn't hear anything. It's like that he was actually writing that to be the song. Anyway, in the beginning of this, he says, where's my snare? Like, I have no snare in my headphones. And uh, I laugh every time I hear it, even though the song is like serious. It has this intro that I'm going to guess you know, they just kept it in because it's funny. Uh, Soldier's one of my favorite songs on this record. Uh, there's a song in here called Business, which is also great. Uh, background music is awesome. So when people show me like pictures of their kids or they they say like, uh, you know, here's a drawing my kid my kid did or listen to like some joke my kid tells, I, for the most part, don't give a shit. Like I, I don't really want to hear it. But there's a song on here called My Dad's Gone Crazy where uh, his daughter does the verse and she says my dad's gone crazy and it's fucking great. It's like so, I don't know, I love it. Uh, and normally I hate all that kind of shit. There's another song on here, Say Goodbye to Hollywood, which is great. Uh, so one song I hate on this record, one of the only Eminem songs I don't like is called Superman. And if you watch the, uh, if you have the DVD for 8 Mile, one of the special features on it is the uncut version or the explicit version of the video or whatever, where it like shows this chick, I don't know if she's a porn star, I don't know what the fuck she is, but she does like her titties and everything. But honestly, even though the video has tits, 
it sucks it's garbage the video sucks and that's, yeah. that, that's hard for me to say because the titties are nice mm -hmm. but the video is trash uh, the song also i just don't care get rid of it all together uh without me is another great one uh, it starts uh, or, I don't know if it starts off with this. It's somewhere in the song. I've created a monster because nobody wants to see Marshall no more. They want Shady. I'm chopped liver. Well, if you want Shady, this is what I'll give you. A little bit of weed mixed with some hard liquor. Fucking great. Uh, Till I Collapse has always been one of my favorite songs in this album. And there's a song here, uh, Sing for the Moment, which uses the chorus of, um, is it Aerosmith? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah it's Aerosmith. Aerosmith, yeah. Uh, so it samples it and it has one of my favorite verses ever by Eminem uh, because this is how I feel about censoring and all that kind of stuff. He says, they say music can alter moods and talk to you. Well, can it load a gun up for you and cock it too? If it can, then the next time you assault a dude, just tell the judge it was my fault and I'll get sued. Uh, <laughs> fucking great line. Uh, incredible. The whole song is great. Uh, he builds up towards the end where, you know, he's talking about how there's a lot of older people who are parents who say that we're garbage or whatever, but we inspire their children. And sometimes their kids are, you know, sad and they, they don't know what to do, but they have they have access to our music and that allows them to kind of, you know, gain confidence or whatever and continue living and, and have a change of thought or whatever. And so he's like, you know, maybe you can just, you know, let it go. And then maybe when we're dead or in, and at some point you can see what they see. Uh, so it's a really powerful song. I think it's fucking great in general. This is very, this is very possibly my favorite um, Eminem album of the, the first three. Mm. I think it's really good. I love white America. I think that song is fucking great without me is awesome as well. I don't know. It, this is a really good record. It's, it's, it's a toss-up. I mean, all the, these albums are all great. So it's just competing against, you know, more Eminem stuff. But I don't know. It's it's a really good record, and it's nice to see him not cracking under the pressure because I know he was he had a lot of pressure on him. He, you know, he had to sell copies. He had to, you know, make people happy, whatever. And on, on top of that, he's touring. You know, he has his own life. He has a hectic shit with his wife and stuff. He has his daughter. He has all this stuff. Uh, he's making a movie at the time. So yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot going on in his life. Uh, John, what do you think of this record? Here's what I'm going to tell you is I felt a little, I felt offended by White America. I didn't, I don't know how I took that song. It's not for me. Uh, I felt a little jilted, like uh, Eminem has something against White America. But anyway, no, I'm just joking. I don't give a shit. So Clean Out My Closet, I thought that was a fucking very heartfelt song about his past and shit that he's, you know, going through with his, uh, his mom. Basically, you know, getting all his skeletons out of the fucking closet and, you know, put airing his shit out there. Um, this was a hard record for me to listen to because I didn't think that it lived up to the fucking, you know, the Slim Shady LP or the Marshall Mathers LP. Did enjoy this, did enjoy Drips, I did enjoy fucking, uh, Paul Rosenberg, uh, that's good, that was fucking hilarious. Without Me is my favorite song in this fucking album. You know, he, he, the way he shits on fucking Mrs. Cheney and he, he tells the FCC, also one of the lyrics is like, so the FCC won't let me be or let me be me, so let me see. They tried to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. Of course it does. Of course it does, because it's fucking, it's hilarious. You go on MTV, what, what is there? You got fucking the Moulin Rouge bullshit fucking video that no one gives a fuck about. I mean, Lil' Kim looked bad in it, but that's about it. Mm. Um, then you got fucking uh, all these dumb videos by Filter and all these other bands that I don't give a fuck about. And then Eminem is just push the fucking edge. He pushes the fucking limit. And each... I, I get it. It was a great album. Not my favorite. But he pushes the limit in each fucking album. Um, I love uh, just the way he just segues from song to song and just the continuity between the songs. And I think Rob brought that up as even the continuity between the albums. 
he just there's there's a level of angst and I don't give a fuck and him dealing with his issues, right? So it feels like a little bit in this album he's trying to mend shit with his mom and with his family, even though there's still some hatred. But he just he continues to just not only shit on other other artists, he shits on fucking the society that we live in, the government that we have that continues to wanna restrict your fucking right to be an artist or restrict your right to do this or that. Like there's 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 nothing uh to me that would that would fucking make this guy a bad person. He's done some shitty things, but he's just an artist. I think man, like the my favorite my favorite honorable mention was probably the Chappelle show. You remember the racial draft? Of course. Yeah. Anyway, anyone remembers that 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 skit in one of the Chappelle show? I loved when the black delegation, the like black delegation requests Eminem, like <laughs> after they give nice. away Colin Powell and yeah. Condoleezza Rice, he's like, "We will accept a bid as long as he takes Condoleezza Rice." <laughs> and then like they they trade Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell, and then he 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 rebuttals with black delegation requests Eminem. I mean, <laughs> of course, like I think. He Eminem too was on fucking uh, hot boxing with uh with uh, Mike Tyson and he he said you know you're really you you know you're pretty black to me he's like you've been through shit that what well, we've been through so he's like he considers Eminem you know part of black culture and I, I like to think that he is but I like to think that he's he's his own thing and he's made people of all races kind of unify them together around shock music that's fucking hilarious and he's actually quite the lyricist. So I think I think that this album definitely was just continuing on his great fucking skills and making him the artist who he is. Well, that that's his point at the end of Eight Mile, <clears throat> where you know he's white, but he's saying when he's rapping against uh, that guy, I can't remember what his name was, the guy from um, not Three One Three, whatever the I can't remember Free World, what. Free World, yeah, Free World. He's saying like you Clarence. know you went you yeah he's like you went to a public no Clarence. Or I don't know, maybe that was a joke. I don't know. Uh, he says, you know, you went to a public or a private school and all that stuff, and you have a fam, you have a, a, a parents who love each other or whatever. And he's like, you don't know what I've been through, you know, like I, I fucking have a shitty ass life or whatever. Um, also, you you mentioned, I think, about him trying to kind of make amends with his mother. I don't think that's what happened here at all. I think cleaning out my closet is him. I don't think he's trying to make amends with his mother. There's a line he says, "You're getting older now, and it's cold when you're lonely." And Nathan's growing up so quick, he's gonna know that you're phony. And hey. Is getting so big now you should see her she's beautiful but you'll never see her she won't even be at your funeral uh i i don't think he's trying to make any uh like he says i'm sorry mama well, but like like i i don't think he means it sincerely like he's like actually apologizing i, I get i think I, he means i get your position on that i i do oh, yeah, okay. but at the same time maybe he's you know venting to her and hoping that hey you know me maybe by me saying this and being honest and being truthful about this maybe this will entice her to fucking you know listen to me and see my side of the story and yeah. actually try to mend it in some way. And I know how, how it comes off as a kind of like, hey, fuck you, man. I'm just moving forward in my life. But that's just, yeah. it's based on perspective, I guess. So one of the things that I remember people saying in the military is like, if you have two people in like a group who fucking hate each other, you'll make both of them go do shitty ass work until they both stop hating each other. Oh, go dig fucking holes when it's 200 degrees out or whatever. And we don't give you water. And if they're, you know, either you have a better attitude toward each other or uh, you come in in eight hours or whatever. Uh, and people's attitudes are going to swing pretty quickly. Uh, there's a, and, and so what I, I'm bringing that up because 
because Eminem brings up in a later album how, uh, you know, his his mother, he, he and his mother are, are kind of at odds with each other. And they really shouldn't be because the dad is the one who fucked the two of them. He left both of them. And they, they now they're arguing with each other instead of, like, being as close as possible. And then, uh, and it's, it's not like only one is to blame. He's the one antagonizing her, like, you know, publicly or whatever. But she's done a lot of things privately to him that have fucked him up forever. And uh, there's a line in here. He says, you selfish bitch. I hope you fucking burn in hell for this shit. Remember when Ronnie died and you said you wished it was me? I believe that's her brother, his uncle. Uh, well, guess what? I'm a, I am dead. Dead to you as can be. So anyway, uh, I don't know. It's... It, I, it's his mother. So no matter how much he says that he hates her in songs, there's always going to be some connection to the two of them. But yeah, they, instead of them having bonded together over somebody abandoning them, it actually ended up splitting the two of them apart uh, because of the way that they acted to each other. Anyway, it's a good album. Uh, it's a powerful one. Um, and yeah, I, I think this is my favorite of his original three. Uh, let's read some YouTube comments and then we'll move on to the next record. Uh, his finest work to date, a balance of realism and comedic value. A uh, next person says 2002 and it's still relevant in 2020. Uh, next person, my father, who, my father, who sings this good song? Me. You remember that CD you broke back when I was 11 because it said bad words. Lol. Uh, next one. Damn. Miss this era of rap. And finally, I love all of his albums, but this one is madness. Yeah, it's a great record. Does anyone want to say anything else about it before we move on? No, no, no. Except Superman. Fuck that song. Next. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Marshall Mathers LP two is a 16 track record released in 2013 coming in just over 78 minutes long. It's Eminem's eighth studio album. The idea of a sequel to the Marshall Mathers LP came after Eminem recorded a handful of songs that reminded him of his earlier music. Uh, 50 cent stated that he was involved in the recording, but ended up not, uh, but ended up not being featured on the album at all. The Marshall Mathers LP two won best rap album, his sixth win, uh, for the category and the monster won best rap slash sung collaboration at 2014's 57th annual grammy awards the marshall mathers lp2 has been certified four times platinum singles from this album berserk survival rap god the monster and headlights jumbo what do you think of this record there's a reason i chose this fucking record man um it sounded more original it sounded more like the recording quality sounded a lot more like um uh the slim shady lp i don't like some of the uh some of the remixes and some of the some of the beats, like Rhyme or Reason, I did not like that fucking song. It just, it, it, it was a weird kind of vibe song. I like Survival, but honestly, um, the real reason I chose this is not even for the monster. The one song, fucking Rap God. I thought that was his most impressive fucking song. And the way, I think he has a fucking Guinness Book World Record for, you know, how fast he was rapping and how many words he was actually saying per minute regarding that song it's just it blew my fucking mind for how well he he was able to compose that song the beat behind it like i love the electronic track behind it it was just fucking straight fire and i like how fucking stupid ass who's that dumb kid machine gun kelly who thinks he's actually a fucking good rap artist i love how he tried to fucking diss him on his what was that fucking goddamn track was it uh rap devil or something um by machine gun kenny anyway Nothing can compare to to fucking how good fucking Eminem is. And it's it's literally the culmination for why I chose these fucking albums. 
is is based on this fucking song. He is a rap god. He is fucking out of this world, man, because he, he's done himself. He's made himself into a better person. How the guy was fucking originally starting out as a goddamn comic book artist, couldn't pass fucking high school, read the goddamn dictionary, and look at him now. Putting out a fucking song that has a Guinness Book fucking world record, man. You can't fuck around with a guy like that, bro. Honestly, album was okay, man, but that one song... That's the one song that fucking just blew my fucking mind. And I, I, I can't even say anything more positive about Eminem. He just impresses me each time. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Uh, if somebody told me this was the most expensive album of all time to uh, create, I would believe them. There's shit tons of samples in this album. There's tons of guests on here. The production quality is amazing. When we listened to Beastie Boys and they did Paul's Boutique, uh, the whole album is almost comprised of samples. And they were saying... After they recorded that, the whole thing came out about like a law or whatever, where whatever happened to be where um, if you sample people's uh, stuff, they can get a cut of it or whatever, or you have to pay X amount of money to to get the music. And they were saying if we you know tried to make Paul's Boutique after that, it would have cost so much money that we wouldn't have been able to do it. There are tons of samples in this album. Uh, and so I, I want to know, I, I've Googled it, I couldn't find it. I want to know how much this album costs to make. Appetite for Destruction cost half a million dollars in 1986 to record. I want to know what this cost in 2012, 2013, whenever it was recorded. Because uh, I'm genuinely curious on how much an album like the Marshall Mathers LP2 cost to create. Uh, this record is full of bangers. I am in love with this album. I think it's fucking awesome. Uh, there's a lot of tracks. Um, but they're all great. We talked about before, uh, you know, hour long, hour plus long rap albums. Well, the ones we listened to were from like 2000 where they were more, not like socially acceptable, but more, I guess, financially acceptable. Uh, nowadays, I don't know if it's, if it's better to just record five tracks, get the videos out, get the YouTube revenue and then move on or record a fucking 20 track album. Uh, there's tons of callbacks in this record as well. Oh, uh, there's a song in here. I think it's from So Far. He actually puts the Slim Shady, uh, the real Slim Shady music and the reference, the whole Onion, the Burger King part is in the song and it's it's awesome. Um, oh, and there's a, there's a, there's also, so knowing that people fade in and out of popularity is an important thing. To always think that you're going to be on the top is just not the real way of, you should be thinking about the world because you're, it's not going to happen that way. Uh, and Eminem is not dumb and he knows that in, in rap God, he says, Matthew and Stan's just symbolic of not knowing what you had till it's gone. Cause all the, after all the glitz and the glam, no more fans that are calling your name. Cameras are off sad, but it happens to all of them. And, uh, like I said, Eminem is a dude who was able to claw himself back from, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever say obscurity because of how big he was, but from, from being, from going away at some point, um, Oh, and then uh, I, I mentioned the whole vodka line. I just drank the fifth of vodka, Dare Me to Drive. He references it on Marshall Mathers LP. He references it on this album without actually saying it. He says, Slim, I hope you hear it. We're in a car right now. Wait, here comes my favorite lyric, uh, where that's exactly yeah, yeah, what he's yeah. getting at, but he's not going to say it. And so Eminem is older at this point. And there's some things in this album that are like the equivalent of dad jokes. And, you know, there's so many rhymes and everything that any one specific one doesn't matter. And I'm not going to say they're bad. Uh, they're just ones that I, when I hear it, it's like, okay, I can see Eminem as like a, you know, a 50 year old dad. This is something that he would say or whatever. There's parts where he, he raps like he's Yoda uh oh, there's yeah, a line yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. 
So this morning, Becca was finishing up a cake that she was working on, and I was going to come down here to listen to some music. And she's like, well, why don't you listen to up here? We can both listen to it together. So I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. So I'm playing it, and I'm pausing it as I hear some of these rhymes, and I, I would ask her, is this like a dad joke rhyme? So, for example, one of the lines, he says, I sneak vengefully and treat your window like I reach my full potential. I peaked. Um Get what he's saying on both. I don't know if it's a good line. I don't know if it's a dad joke. There's another thing he says. Maybe that's why I'm always so bananas. I appeal to all those walks of life. Um, again, there's just so many rhymes. It doesn't matter. Like, I'm not saying they're bad or anything. I'm just saying I feel like he's reached, like, the dad joke era of his career. Um, there's uh, some amazing... I mean, this, this record is... It's so there's so much stuff going on here. That's why I'm saying I they had this record had to cost tons of fucking money in the in the Slim Shady LP. I think he says I had a million dollar budget a song and I went over it. Isn't that what he says at one point? I don't know if he's just joking around yeah, or, yeah. or not. He does say something like that. Um, so at one point he says the cops pulled me over and they let me go because I told them I'm only driving drunk because that bitch drove me to drink. Uh, then there's another line. He says, if it wasn't for blowjobs, you'd be unemployed. I'm just like, I tried to pick out some, there's so many great lines in this album. Uh, oh, one of my favorite, excuse the pun, but bitch is such a broad statement. Uh, let's see. You'll never take my pride from me. It'll have to be pride from me. Oh, and then this one, he says, I showed up, I showed up with a coat fresher than wet paint. And there's like, I don't know, there's crazy lines all over the fucking place. Um, the song Berserk is a tribute to the Beastie Boys in the style, right? But also that entire song is almost made up of samples. There's Beck and Billy Squire. I thought when I looked up this album to do like the blurb on it, it was going to say all the people who were in that song, but it didn't. Uh, and when I was listening to it and I put, picked out the Billy Squire one, Becca said, she was like, oh no, part of that is Beck. And she pulled it up and it is. I can't remember which song it was. Um, so not only is Berserk supposed to be a tribute to the beastie boys in their style but it's also i think an homage to paul's boutique because it's a song that's completely comprised of samples uh headlights so if you're talking about him um actually apologizing to his mother or actually trying to you know make amends with her the song headlights is a song that he does that with or at least attempts to um it's a very I, I think that's like a very heartfelt song and that's something where like if you hated somebody for if you if you were friends with someone for 20 years and then you guys got into a fight you didn't talk to each other for 20 more years and then you got were able to become friends again uh th that 20 years in between is gone and it's lost and you'll never get it back um and I think a lot of that has, has weighed on him. You know, it's like removing his daughter's grandmother from her life because he thinks that it's toxic for her. It's still removing a part of her life that she will never get back. You know, that kind of stuff. I think it's an actual legitimate, sad, touching song that I think he did a, a great job with. Uh, and it, it, it shows, it shows growth. I mean, that that's something stuff with his mother, stuff with his father, he's brought up on every album and now he's, you know, he wants to let it go. And the, 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 the line is in that in headlights that I was talking about where he's saying, you know, the dad fucked us. So why are we fighting with each other? We should be, we should be as close as possible because he's the one who fucked us and we, we shouldn't be like, you know, hating on each other and then lastly one of my favorite lines uh so eminem is very he's cocky in this album as he should be uh he's great uh and then he says sometimes sometimes i listen and revisit uh them old albums often often as i can and skim through all them bitches to make sure i keep up with my competition so he's saying older him is his only competition so he listens to him and you get ideas and stuff from him 
Also in Rap God, he talks about, uh, I don't have the line here, but he talks about, um, you know, he has to save some rhymes with them just in case people challenge him and do whatever, because everyone's looking at him like it's lunchtime. He's the top. He's the king. Everyone wants to be there. And, you know, once you're on top, it's it's a very long fall from the top. But everybody, you know, they all want to, again, like I talked about socially, taking a picture with Eminem while he's taking a shit or whatever. Uh, these people want to be, they want to be the person who takes down Eminem, who makes him look like an idiot or whatever. They want it socially. They want to be that fucking person, you know? And uh, so he's saying, in rap god specifically that he needs to keep himself in tip-top form he needs to be able to always uh represent himself or whatever and you know remain the king even though everyone is after him uh rob what do you think of this record i liked it i like i love rap god i liked uh so much better survival i want to read some of my favorite dad jokes and then i want to leave because i have to go to the bathroom uh let's see um let me remind you of what got me this far. Picture me quitting. Now draw a circle around it and put a line through it. Slut. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. I love... <laughs> but I'll never say the L word again. I love, 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 lo- lesbian. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's he's fucking funny. I've, yeah. I've, um, I, yeah, I love Eminem. Uh, that's all I want to say. Okay. Yeah. Great album. I I mean, I think if any album to come back from, uh, things that people weren't in love with, this is the one to do it. It's great. Rihanna's in here. There's tons of people. Kendrick Lamar is in here. There's a bunch of big names that people love. And it's a fucking great record. Let's read a couple YouTube comments and we'll get the fuck out of here. I just appreciate that y'all were alive while Eminem was putting out music. Next person says, what a badass album. Next person. Imagine if we got Marshall Mathers LP three, uh, next person, whenever I play this album, the next button ceases to exist. And lastly, one word, legend. Yeah, uh, Jomo, do you want to say anything else about Eminem? He's a lyrical terrorist and we need him. Commit jihad. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Rob, any closing thing. comments? Yep. One more thing. So um, uh, not, not only did he uh, bust his own balls for like, I'll never have another stan or whatever. In the second album, he says, like, I'll never taught my name is like he like. I think he he's self-deprecating and that's part of why he became such a thing is like he was always thirsty. A person who's satisfied isn't going to do fucking anything, but like he's he's always been on his own case to be keep growing, keep keep uh, doing more. And I think that's part of his success. Uh, he has a line. I, I think it's in this album. He says, I'm full of myself, but still hungry, um, yep. which, yeah, is that exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's fucking great. I love Eminem. It was nice to go back. This was one of my favorite weeks that we've had. Um, Me too. Yeah, I, I want to go back, and, and at some point I want to go back to Eminem, and I want to listen to his other albums. So for next week, um, I was thinking we could listen to Rage Against the Machine. Oh, no! I guess we're doing sure, it. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, you'll, you'll get over it. There's only four albums, so. Fucking hippies. Okay. Hi, right, everyone. It was nice seeing you. All right, Ken Kinnev signing off. Goodbye. Bye.